Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly, the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus said to him, don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required by the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. And this will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. See, the thing that really gets you about leprosy is the loneliness. Leprosy doesn't just kill your skin, it kills your community. And ever since this man had been diagnosed with leprosy, he had been banished from all human connection. Even the charitable people, the ones who brought food for the lepers, came and and left the food and then they left right away. They didn't stay to talk. They didn't want to be infected. Or the strangers that would walk by. See, anytime a stranger came by, the leper had to yell, unclean, unclean. So the stranger wouldn't accidentally get too close and maybe be infected. And when he'd yell unclean, they'd they'd ignore him. They'd walk away and not look at him, not look back, and make him feel like he was nothing, like he was dirt. His own family had to treat him like dirt. He hadn't been allowed to see them for years. Even though he'd been raised in Capernaum, had, had been born there, grown up there, started a family there, that city was now off limits to him because he was not allowed to be there at all and he could not even see his family whom he loved so much. He couldn't even stand his own company anymore because every time he looked at his own body and he saw the boils and the skin sloughing off, it reminded him that he was less than human now. Not worthy of human contact from others, didn't even want to contact himself. In fact, he hadn't changed his bandage in months Because he didn't want to see his own skin. He didn't want to be reminded that his skin had turned upon itself and was waging war against his own body. He still tried to keep up with what was going on with everyone else. Even though he was outside the community, he wanted to vicariously know what was happening with them. And so he heard uh, the news as it came trickling through the outcast community. He heard when uh, Caiaphas became the new high priest, inheriting the the position from his father-in-law, Annas. And and he was paying attention when Pontius Pilate was newly appointed prefect from Rome over their area. And he especially was intrigued to hear about this new prophet that had risen to prominence in the area of Galilee. This guy, Jesus, who was going around performing miracles, and preaching a message of hope and the kingdom of God. His ears perked up at that news. Especially when he heard that this very prophet Jesus was going to be coming to Capernaum, his own town, in just a few days and be speaking. And oh, how he wanted to go to where Jesus would be so that he could hear this message of hope for himself. But unfortunately, wherever Jesus went, the crowds went also. And where the crowds went, the leper was forbidden to go. But he stayed nearby anyway. 
He hovered on the shores of Galilee where he could see the mountain that Jesus was preaching on. And he waited to hear if maybe he would hear something of this message of hope, even if he was not allowed to be there himself. And sure enough, people who were on the outskirts of the crowd started reporting some of what this Jesus was saying. And he heard messages, things like, this Jesus says that God blesses those who are poor in spirit, for they will receive the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, he'd be happy just to have his family back, his tiny little home. It wasn't much, but it was something. And he did, who needs a kingdom when all he wants is that relationship back that he missed? People to celebrate with, people to share life and its experiences with, even the bad ones, even to have people to mourn with him and grieve with him. But instead, he was banished and was out here grieving and mourning alone. And then the next message came down. Now he says that God blesses those who mourn because they will be comforted. And he thinks, how? How will I be comforted in this life? I don't even have a life. I might as well be dead because this that I'm living, this is a half life. If I were dead, at least I would have been reunited with my family in the afterlife. But here I just am, am cursed to this existence that's not living, it's not dying, it's just in between, it's nothing and alone. And for days, he stayed there on the shores of Galilee, hearing what bits of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount that he could hear. And for days, he listened and he soaked up these words of hope that couldn't possibly be for him. And then on the third day, he looked up at the mountain and saw that the crowd was moving and coming down the mountain. And so he retreated because where the crowd goes, he cannot go. And he watched as they came down to the shore, as they started to walk across, and as they got closer, he saw there was a man at the front of the crowd that everyone was clearly oriented around. Everyone was listening to him, even as they walked. And he knew that this must be Jesus. And as they walked in front of him, he was not allowed to be near. And as he saw Jesus start to pass by, something broke. For years, he had not had relationships. For years, he had not had community. For years, he had abided by every rule, every law, and had kept himself away. But when he saw this man who spoke this message of hope, he could contain himself no longer. And he went charging into this crowd. And instead of calling unclean, unclean like he was supposed to, he called, Lord, if you are willing, you can clean me. You can heal me. And the crowd scattered because they knew what he was. And they didn't want to be near anything as grotesque, as potentially infecting as this. But the prophet didn't move. Jesus didn't run away. Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man. The first time he'd been touched by another human being in years. That alone was almost enough. But then Jesus said, be healed. And he ripped the bandages off. And he was whole. He was back to what he had been designed to be. This story is the picture of each and every one of us sitting here today. Each and every person who has ever been born in this world embodies this story. Because you see, this leper was not how he was supposed to be, right? 
We weren't designed to have skin sloughing off of our bodies. We weren't designed to have our body forget how it was supposed to grow and, and be and, and wage war against itself. We weren't designed for that. But sin came into this world, and when it did, sin said, you are unclean. And it broke our relationship with God. Not only that, it broke our relationship with each other. And so when we read this story, we see not one leper, but we see ourselves in this man. And now some of you tonight might be thinking, I don't really see myself in this leper. Sure, I have my own issues. I have things I need to be working on. But, but he's, he's far worse than anything I am. I don't really relate to the leper in this story. He, he's not really like me. Uh, and actually... You're somewhat right, because uh, if anything, the leper's probably in a better position than most of us sitting here today. See, because at least he knew he was unclean. He knew that his relationships and his community were broken. And some of us have a hard time realizing that. See, it happens for a few reasons. You see, first is that we don't see sin at play in our own lives as much because we're physically clean. We live in a society that has hygiene and medical uh, ex- expertise and medicine. And, and so leprosy is not a thing we have to deal with. And so it's very easy to fall into this trap of thinking, you know, the outside of me looks pretty good. The inside's probably not too bad either. And yet we see over and over again that, that every time you know, we, we, we cure something, we fix something, that, that there's far more waiting. And in the same way, just because we've, we've cured physical ailments and we look nice, doesn't necessarily do anything for the inside, but sometimes it does make it harder to remember that spiritually, each and every one of us is just as unclean as that leper. And again, it's hard because we compare ourselves and we think, ah, I look okay to, compared to the next person, uh, and, and yet that's not the standard. The standard is do we look okay next to God's intention for what he wanted us to be? And the answer is no. God made us clean. And we are not that way anymore. Because the other thing sin does is not just make you unclean, but it breaks relationship. We see that in the story of the Garden of Eden where uh, Adam and Eve, when they, when they sinned, yes, it made them suddenly unclean. They suddenly realized they were naked. They, they had shame for the first time in their lives. But what was the second thing that happened? They fought with each other. The, next, the very next thing after that first sin was Eve blaming Adam, Adam blaming Eve, everyone blaming someone else. And suddenly you had your first fight, your first broken relationship, not just with God, but with each other. And again, we live in a time where it's almost better to envy the leper because at least he knew that his relationships were broken. But we live in the 21st century. We have phones uh, that can connect us with millions of people at any moment around the world. We can find out something that's happening across the globe uh, in moments. And, and that, I think that creates the illusion of connectedness, but doesn't actually give us the community that we crave. In fact, there's a sociologist right now, uh, Zygmunt Bauman, who uh, recently wrote a very uh, impactful article called Social Media is a Trap. And he says that In fact, the more connected we are through social media, the less true community we actually have, but we don't even notice because we think we're still connected. It's like social media is the Diet Coke of relationships, right? It kind of tastes like the real thing, but there's not actually any substance there. 
And what he points out is when you have networks that you can delete in a moment or unfriend someone because they say something you don't like, that's not true community. True community is being forced to interact with people day in and day out, family, coworkers, uh, your neighborhood, and, and that that is your community. And yet we let those relationships slide because we get deceived by the ever-constant, ever-present social media. And so we even have fallen out and don't even notice how the sin has wrecked the true community that God has for us. See, sin is the great isolator. It's the thing that makes it easier to walk away from relationships, to break them in the first place. Sin is the thing that if we're really honest with ourselves about our own level of, uh, of cleanliness, our own level of true, God-healthy community, sin is the thing that says, you're dirty. But Jesus doesn't say that. Where sin says that you're dirty, Jesus says, you are the dust that I breathed my very spirit into. You are the thing that I created and loved so much, not just in the garden when I first took that clay and made it living, but ever since, even when you messed it up, even when you got yourself dirty with sin, Jesus says, that is not enough to keep me from loving you. And we see it never more graphically than in this story from Matthew today, that this leper embodied everything that is disgusting, We've largely licked it, 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 leprosy in our society. We don't see it much, but if you saw one, this is not something anyone would ever want to touch because it is such a perversion of God's picture of the whole body, spirit, mind, soul that he made for us. And yet, when Jesus saw that, the most holy, perfect, unblemished, completely clean being to have ever existed, when he sees that, he doesn't say, yuck, you are dirty, get away from me. He touches him. And in touching him, he makes him whole. And it's not because Jesus is just the greatest doctor who ever lived. It's because in that one miracle, Jesus was showing what his purpose was, that God went to earth, became incarnate for the very purpose of cleaning up all of his loved children who had gotten so dirty, so disfigured, so marred by sin. And this healing of, the, of one leper is just an advance notice of what Christ was going to do on the cross. That by dying and conquering death and taking all of our sin upon himself, he was able to then say, you are now clean. Not just one leper, the entire world is clean and is now no longer mired in the dirt and the muck and the grime. And when we come together for Ash Wednesday service, when we receive that dirt, those ashes upon our forehead, it is a reminder that just because we came from dust doesn't mean we're dirt and we're, there's nothing more for us. It means that God values us enough to make us in the first place, to clean us off when we've gotten dirty from sin, and to do whatever he can to clean us and welcome us back with open arms. That's what we're celebrating tonight. And so if you're here with us worshiping our God that did this for a leper, that does this for the world, let me encourage you tonight. I don't know what frame of mind you came in, how far along you are in your own journey, in your own relationship with God the Father who created you and loves you. But if you came in feeling that weight and grime of sin on your shoulders so heavily that you can't get past it, that you know how much you are 
beaten down, worn down by sin. That your body is not what you would want it to be. That your, your soul and your spirit is not good, is not great. That your relationships are broken in large part because of the very acts and sins that you have committed to break those relationships. And if you are here, let this be a message of hope just like Jesus preached 2,000 years ago that rings true today, which is this. If he can touch a leper, the most disfiguring, uh, just grotesque illness that, that we've ever seen, and make him clean, there is nothing that you have done that he cannot make clean in his sacrifice on the cross. And if you needed that message of hope tonight, leave here comforted that he has sought you out with all of his strength and that he has said, whatever you have done is washed away. The dirtiness that you felt is gone because it is not greater than what I have done for you. Or if you came here tonight knowing that full well, if you have already been comforted in the knowledge that Christ gave everything for you, that you have been washed clean and continue to be cleansed every day of your life that he makes you new, then I have this challenge for you. Today begins the season of Lent, six weeks where we focus on exactly what Christ has done for each and every one of us. And for a lot of people, there is a tradition where they give something up for those six weeks, where as part of a way to remind them uh, of what Jesus has done, they say, I'm going to abstain from something that I like, something that's nice, uh, and I'm going to give that up so that I can remember more fully what Christ has done for me on the cross. And if you have that tradition and you've already given something up, you decided what to give up, that is wonderful, stick with it. Don't change it. But if you have not done anything like that and you already uh, are walking forward in the hope and confidence that comes from knowing that Christ has made you clean, then I give you this challenge for the next six weeks of Lent. Rather than giving something up, would you be willing to look around for the lepers that surround us? They're not going to look physically deformed necessarily because, again, we don't have those particular diseases in our society today. But they're going to be deformed inside. Just as he felt cut off from relationships, from community, uh, from anything valuable and lovely, just, there are people around us that feel cut off from those same things. They've just gotten better at masking it. And because our own community has been broken through sin, we aren't close enough to see it on the people around us. And so I would ask you, for Lent, could you put on the eyes, just like Jesus, who had things to do, sermons to preach, people to walk with, and he was able to stop and see this man who was crying out for help. Who is around you that is crying out for help? Who is so dirty and broken from sin that they don't even know what love looks like anymore? And can you be Jesus to them? Can you take that gift of love that Jesus gave to you on the cross when he made you clean, and can you spread that forward and around you? Can you have eyes to see and look and not just say, oh, I'm sure they're doing fine, but to actually get into that and notice that there is something not right and maybe something that love and community could do? And they might not be easy people to be in a relationship with. They might not be nice or pleasant. But neither were we. See, we aren't lovely in and of ourselves. We're lovely because God loved us first. And there are people out there that you look at them, they are not lovely, they are not attractive. And again, it's not physically, it's that they might be angry or bitter or rude. And they're not lovely. 
but we who have been made clean through Christ's sacrifice, we don't wait for them to be lovely first. We make them lovely by loving them first. And so I would encourage you this evening, the next six weeks, throughout Lent and beyond, to be looking for that and saying, how can I take this thing that Jesus did for me and how can I give it to those around me who need to hear this message of hope the most? And by doing that, you will do God's work. And just as he made you clean, made me clean, you will, in Jesus' name, make those around you who most need it clean and loved again. Amen. Will you pray with me?